a few dramatic fans talking Penn State football. This is the Nittany Pod. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Nittany Pod. I am AP. Again, along here with me are TK and Alex. What's going on, boys? How are you? Living the dream, man. Obviously disappointed the Phillies won, but living the dream and uh, excited for you guys. Um, it's been an eventful 48 hours. Um, yeah. But yeah. We're here. You're just disappointed that uh, Bryce Harper is not in a Boston Red Sox uniform. So I I, uh, I, I apologize for that, but uh, he, resides I in, I do. he resides in Philadelphia and he is... He's unreal. That's what I he feel is. Like, I feel like he I, – I do love Bryce Harper. I also like Machado, which is problematic. But <laughs> I, I, um, I, I think that he – and we don't have to talk about it, but I think Bryce Harper has gotten a bad rap since he's gotten the, the fame here in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I – yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say this and then we can move on because this isn't a Phillies podcast. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I need think – Well, I mean, I think I – think, I think, the Bryce Harper that played in Washington is not the Bryce Harper that plays in Philadelphia. Like the man has, the man has grown up, right? He's, he's embraced Philly more than I think people expected him to. Um, And, and he, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he shows out. Uh, It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's, I was just telling AP before we started recording, you know, he hits a home run to send us to the World Series last year, and I didn't think he could top it. And I think what he did tonight almost topped it. Yeah. That dude um, is unreal. It's pretty unreal. He but hits bombs. Yeah. It's ridiculous, Nukes. man. It's ridiculous. Well, boys, before we get into today's episode, and we got plenty to talk about. We haven't talked about <laughs> Northwestern yet. Um, you got the game this weekend. There's plenty of stuff that's going on uh, throughout college football the past couple weeks since we last spoke. Um, but yeah, before we get into it, man, I want to talk about something serious. Um, yesterday, James Franklin's press conference, uh, TK went cr- stupid viral for it <laughs> yesterday as well. Um, yeah. But Corey Geiger, and you know, I, I got to say, he did ask a very poorly structured question. Uh, but the response that we saw on social media was absolutely insane. Like I said, TK went crazy viral, um, but it's really unfortunate. I mean, Corey got, he later put on, put out a statement last night saying that he's been getting death threats and all sort of other things. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, it's I, I just, just sad. To, I know Alex wants to say something. That's why I do. I do want to say, and I obviously messaged uh, Corey as well uh, last night, but just wanted to say sorry to him. Uh, if for some reason he listens to this, um, definitely Which was not should. the intention. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't understand how you can take a, you know, poorly structured question with a funny coach response, a response that I feel like a lot of coaches want to give, but never do in press conferences. Um, and then turn that into death threats. You're just kind of like a shitty person, to be honest. So, um, definitely was not the intention. Apologies to Corey and his family for anything he's gotten. Um, that was definitely not my intention. So sorry about that. I just want to say that real quick. Yeah. And I want to say this before, you know, Alex, Alex, I know you want to say something too. I mean, I don't know what would possess somebody to, you know, take things as far as they did. Um, but 
the, to those people who did take it that far, you seriously need to seek help. I mean, it absolutely yeah. sickens me that people and, you know, we, we see it all the time. I think Mike Tyson even said it like the fact that these people can sit behind the screens and, you know, just say whatever they say and not get punched in the face about it. That's problematic. And we saw that last night with the way that people responded to Corey Geiger. It's an absolute shame. And I really hope that no of the Penn State fans, because like I said, that video went fucking crazy. I hope no yeah. Penn State fans did that shit to him because that is low class and absolute yeah. bullshit. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of to reiterate, um, you know, what Aaron what Aaron says um, I don't know. Maybe it's, I mean, I am going to get kind of serious here, um, but maybe, maybe it's just growing part of growing up and dealing with, with things in life. Right. But, you know, sports is supposed to be fun. Um, and being a fan of teams is supposed to be fun and it's a hobby and we enjoy it and we love it. And of course we want to do nothing, but, win because we're competitive people that's why we watch it probably played it when we were younger but you know i I think especially in in a world like we live in today you got to keep it in perspective right because at the end of the day that game that you're mad about and it quote ruined your day means so little I mean, like, it means nothing, if we're being completely honest. Um, It's a game. Your team might have lost. They might have won. And that's great if they won. And it's crappy if they lost. But nobody died. You know, nobody got hurt. Uh, Hopefully, right? Seriously. And and it's... it's, uh, that's all it is. It's, it, it, it is a game, and I'll never understand. And, you know, I know there's certain, certain accounts on social media that like to, like to promote. Well, I don't want to say promote, but show uh, grown men sitting in Section 400, getting in physical confrontations over a game. <laughs> and I know alcohol is involved most of the time, which isn't helpful. But even still. Yeah, that doesn't if, excuse if it. If drinking alcohol leads you to be more prone to becoming physically violent with somebody else of the opposing fan base, maybe you just shouldn't drink, right? Um, but keep it in perspective, people. And if you and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just turn the news on. But keep the shit in perspective, because at the end of the day. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that deep. It's football. It's baseball. It's hockey. It's whatever sport you love. But it's not that deep. I, uh, Alex Dude. gave you the nice version. I'm just going to say if, if someone asking a question in an incorrect way made you feel the necessary need to send a death threat to the person who asked the question, I think you need to seek help for yourself yeah. mentally. And I yeah. also think you're probably a low-life piece of shit. Um, and that's your own problem. Uh, yeah. You're actually an embarrassment of a human being and an absolute fuck yoke if you send someone a death threat on Twitter or any other app because you didn't like the way someone asked a question 
and and, and this goes. Sorry, TK, not to not to cut you off there. That's insane to me. Like, huh. and I mean, this goes beyond just you know what happened with Corey, right? Like, this goes to athletes. This goes to coaches. This goes to you know the list goes on and on. Um, officials, right? I mean, I get mad at officials probably more than <laughs> more than I get mad at players, right? But like that, like. I, I just don't know how you can take it to that level because it's just, it just doesn't matter that much. Yeah. Well, They're it doesn't not... help either that people are degenerates and, you know, placing bets on these games. And, you know, sometimes they feel like a player screwed them out of a, out of money or a coach screwed them out of money with the stupid decision. Yeah, but, Shout out Mario Cristobal. I mean, um, even still, yeah, if, if, not... if, if, if it, if it leads you to, to, to make a threat like that, then don't bet. Yeah. <laughs> because because that player, that person, that coach, that reporter doesn't deserve that at all. Their 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 yep. sons, their daughters, their their fathers, their moms, you know, possible grandparents. That game that you're so mad about doesn't matter. Yeah. So agreed. Well said, boys. Well, Let's get into the rest of this episode here. Like I said, we got plenty to hit on. We do have a special guest on this week's episode. I'd like to bring him in here. Um, what's going on, Morgan? Shout out to Basic Blues Podcast. Really appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I hope you, uh, hope you can hear me okay. I, uh, yeah. Sorry, I joined from, from my phone, and I was getting a text while I was saying, you know, well said what you guys, you know, about the whole situation. Uh Again, don't need to uh, beat a dead horse here, but again, first, thank you for having me. And second, you know, I always think keep things in perspective of would you ever say those kinds of things to someone face to face? Odds are you probably wouldn't. So uh, I think you guys captured it really well. And and again, I agree with Aaron wholeheartedly. Hopefully it was known from the Penn State community talking like that because it's not uh, it's not what we're about. So. Uh, but again, uh, on more lighter notes, appreciate you guys having me and uh, excited to talk football with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. We're very excited to have you on here. Uh, let's get right into it. We have us here at the Nittany Pod. And Morgan, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't really taken notice yet, but we haven't really talked the Northwestern game. So I definitely want to get into that a little bit. We don't have to harp on it too, too long. Um, but. <laughs> That game was kind of kind of put some of our fans through the ringer as far as emotions go. That first half started off slow. Um, I do want to mention this real quick. First turnover of the season for Penn State football on the first play of the game on the kickoff. I went back and watched that game again uh, just last night. What the hell was Singleton doing, man? Just let th- let that ball go. It's either going out of bounds or going into the end zone. Either way, like there's no risk. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not real sure what he was thinking there. That was definitely a disappointing way for us to get. Well, maybe that's the best way for us to get our first turnover. I don't know, but um, yeah, that was an interesting start for sure to a game that for the first 30 minutes was certainly interesting to say the least. So. Yeah, that feels like forever ago now, man. It really does. Like, it feels like yeah. forever played Northwestern. That was our last game. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Coach Franklin is talking about that. You know, in parallel to 
singleton fumbling, you know, guys overthinking, guys, you know, making uh, not making a quick decision. There's kind of, you know, what should I do kind of moment. And I felt I felt like so far this season, Singleton has had a lot of those moments. And it felt like that's what that kickoff return was, is that he was just kind of unsure of what to do. Then he picked up the ball and then he gets hit and it all kinds of fall apart on him. So it's just I think that's a good example of maybe him slightly overthinking and yeah I don't know I don't I'm not still sure you know obviously the last year against Rutgers when he took that uh kickoff return to the house I think that is the reason why he's still back there but um yeah I I feel like the workload he's gonna get over the next couple weeks maybe it makes sense to have someone else back there until he uh you know just because of the sake of wear and tear he's gonna have but as unfortunate as it is I think I'd rather have that than you know, Drew throwing a terrible pass and triple coverage or something like that for the first turnover of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you knew it was going to happen at some point. It's kind of amazing. It took until week five to happen. Um, If we're being honest with ourselves, it should have happened week one against West Virginia. Um, That ball in the end zone should have been picked. Um, I mean, I, right. I mean, if we're being honest, yeah. Um, But you know, um, I, I'm just happy that's that's the only one we had, and, and knock on wood that 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 uh, that that kind of continues. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely some other interesting pieces of the game, and like I said, we don't we don't have to hit on that uh, too too hard at all because you know it has been a couple weeks. But um, I think I think when you look at that opening kickoff, that kind of epitomizes the way that the game started for Penn State. It was just one of those decisions. It's like, what the hell are you doing? And we were saying that the entire first half of the game. I mean, you could definitely tell you're coming off an emotional – I wouldn't even really say an emotional high. But playing the whiteout at night, you know, going from that to Northwestern at 11 a.m. where there's really not much noise, that's definitely – that's going from one extreme to the other. It's easy to fall asleep. And, I mean, you could tell in that first half, Penn State was absolutely asleep. Drew Aller was off a little bit. Um, the running game didn't really get going. Um, you know, there were, there were a couple guys that, you know, ended up going out sick, whatever it may be. Um, definitely was not a pretty first half, but the score ended up being 41, 13. You can't complain about that. Another 30 point game, another double digit victory. Hey, I'll take it. It's in the past. Yeah. Another uh, spread cover. Yep. Uh, Bo, <laughs> Bo Prabula makes news. James Franklin's a jackass for throwing when they're up. You know, <laughs> James Franklin's always a jackass. If you ask, um, if you ask everybody but it only, else, I love. But it only guy, matters. But... It only matters when James Franklin does it. It does not matter when any other coach does it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know there's 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 nitpicking things and first world problems that us as Penn State fans are complaining about at the moment. We can get into that. Um, as we as we go on here but you know once again uh, Penn State just kind of handles an opponent that they should handle um, like they're kind of done the bare minimum to be honest like yeah like they're like they're handling their opponents for sure like there's no arguing that they've covered the spread in every game they're they're scoring 30 points but they're kind of doing the bare minimum like the, the like you're watching it at times it seems very like mundane. Like they're like, it's not, it's not like big play after big play. Obviously it's just kind of controlled success, which is great. Um, I think it's just going to matter if for some weekend, if 
for some reason one weekend, you know, they can't control the ball, right? Like they don't have long drives. They're going to need some big chunk plays. And I think that's when we'll see, you know, how this team really responds. Like yeah. I'd be interested to get, sorry, Morgan, oh, sorry. Um, but I, I'd be interested to get, uh, you know, Morgan's opinion and TK's, everybody's opinion on this. Do you think, you know, I, I feel like Penn state fans psyche um, in, in watching games is, is changing, right? Because we've, we've dealt with a lot of success, right? Since 2016 on, and yes, I know 2020 happened in 2021, but counting them aside, Penn state has been a double digit win team in every other season since 2016. And when you, when you start to have that kind of of success, um, it almost feels like you, you take for granted winning. Does that, if that even makes sense? I think it does. Um, Absolutely. You know, and, and we all look towards, I mean, I think you all would agree. Uh, we all look towards two games, right? Schedule pops out whenever it comes out. And, I mean, obviously this is going to change moving forward. But the last couple of years, which games do we circle? You know, you know it's, it's OSU and it's Michigan every single year. Um, and, and I think because of that, when we don't see – the offense necessarily clicking like we want to or the defense doesn't look great against the run this week or the following week i think it's all because in the back of our minds october 21st is coming right or november 11th is coming um and i think that can sway how we view even the fact that you you know three weeks ago you held iowa to basically nothing on, on defense. Right. So, um, so I, I mean, I, I would like to hear your guys' opinions on that. Do you yeah. think, do you yeah. think we're taking success, you know, for granted a little bit? I Go mean, ahead, Morgan, I, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, I, I mean, I, I do, I feel like on some level, James uh, Franklin talks about this a lot, reminding his players, obviously fans, what it takes to actually win a game, right. um, how much effort goes into it, how, things could be very different. You know, how many programs around the country would die to have a 10 win season, even if it was, you know, the same story like groundhogs day every year where you, the two teams you have to beat, you can't, you know, get it done for whatever reason. Um, But it's, it's the, the preparation, the time, the effort that goes into dialing in for an opponent and, you know, getting a win on Saturdays is such a big deal. And, you know, obviously all of us are just so, zoomed in like even me i feel like i haven't appreciated this season very much because i i'm already at october 21st like i'm already sitting here and i'm thinking about ohio state and how we you know after watching that maryland game last weekend what are they gonna do what are the boys gonna have to do to get ready and go into columbus and you know get the job done and to me it's a little unfortunate because i mean i'm kind of fast forwarding the season already and you know, I'm not really appreciating each week, even at this point, because I'm just looking forward to those two games and how they're going to uh, compare. And and obviously, we only have 12 weeks of this, so um, you know, I think I think James does a really good job of emphasizing how important it is. You know, how important winning in general is, and obviously, I, I think he does that to give himself some slack. But I mean, this year, this year that we got to get one. I know you guys probably talked about this a bunch in the last couple of weeks. We got to get one. I just. I just feel yeah. like it's going to be a massive one. It's going to be a massive dark cloud on the season if we lose both of them. And two, 
I just don't know what folks are going to say about James um, specifically. Uh, and maybe it's just my own selfishness, but I think I'm tired of other fan bases around the country, just not taking Penn state seriously. And, you know, I think right. I let my emotions get the best of me during the Northwestern game, but I mean, that's to an extent it's what I feel is that, you know, when they come out slow or they have, you know, these garbage first halves against a team like Northwestern and you see people from like Ohio state tweeting about, Oh, we have to have a conversation about Penn state this year. Cause they suck. It's like, man, I really, you know, I'm sick of hearing that crap. Like I want, I want yeah. to have some bragging rights. I want to have, be able to, you know, talk some smack and be able to back it up because of what they may all do on the field. So long story short, Alex, my long winded response to your question is I, I do think um, we as a fan base need to appreciate each week a little bit more instead of honing in specifically on those two games. I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, the, I've been all on those two games, you know, similar to what, you know, part of what Morgan was saying, like those two games are kind of everything to me this year um of course i can't like if they don't split it like and i said this to a couple of the guys yesterday like it's not even about splitting it to me i, I just want to i want to beat ohio state that's that's really it for me like we beat michigan like what are they six and six over the last 12 or seven and five like like i we've beat michigan like that's not a uh i don't want to say difficult obviously it's extremely hard but that's something we've seen plenty of like Penn State against Ohio State, we have not. We've done it one time in 2016 in like a decade. Like it's it, it's not. That's the game I want, and I feel like when we start talking about you know, it is first world problems. It is like every win is great, and you do only get 12 weeks of this a year at least. Um, I just don't know, man. It's it's hard for me now as a Penn State fan who I think to Alex's point. You know, we have become a, a little spoiled, right, in in the fact that we, we know we're going to have a winning season outside of the 2020. Um, you know, you, you should have 10 wins. You have a great shot at 10 wins every year at least. Um, I just think that when I watch these games now, like Northwestern, a struggle through a half of football against a, just a bad team, like a, a bad Northwestern team, I, I just think and I look at it and I'm like, how are we supposed to play Ohio State with this in two weeks? And everybody's like, oh, it's a different game. Like, it, it, you can't – it's transitive property. I'm like, well, it's not really transitive property when we're looking at what the team that we have is struggling with and we know what Ohio State does excel at. So, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's us taking the game for, for granted. I don't know if it's people really focusing in on, on, you know, what these games mean for the future two games we really care about. All I can say is – I'd love the 12 weeks out of the year we get this at least, and I and I am happy with how it's going, but I really, really need to see them beat Ohio State. And I don't know if it's going to happen, obviously, but I, I think for everyone to shut the fuck up and <laughs> give James respect and get off his nuts and everybody stop saying Penn State's perennial third place, which is just false, like they have to beat Ohio State at the shoe. And I think James has to have it. Like he's not going to get fired if he doesn't have it. I understand that. But I just feel like this year there is no better opportunity in the tenure of James Franklin to beat Ohio State than this year. So if you can't do it, it's just shit or get off the pot type deal for me. Like that's, that's yeah, it. yeah. I, I think this year definitely has to be the year. I mean, we've we've talked about it at length in the group chat that we're all in, and you know, and this is no slight to Ohio State this year. It's a fact. This Ohio State team looks like the most gettable Ohio State team 
we've played in a long time, even more so than the 2016 team that we did beat. For sure. Um, so, yeah, regardless of it being home, away, neutral site, I don't, I don't fucking care. You got to do it this year. Um, but I will say, yeah, absolutely. Penn State, you know, us as Penn State fans and, you know, not necessarily us, you know, us four here on the podcast, but as Penn State fans, we have definitely grown to kind of be spoiled. And yeah, I mean, t- take, you know, I shouldn't say spoiled because, you know, what have we really done? Um, but we've definitely grown to, you know, take these 10 win seasons for granted. I mean, TK and I just had a conversation with a, with a couple fans yesterday, or maybe it was the day before. I can't remember, but basically they were saying like, you know, if we lose to Ohio State and Michigan this year, like the seat is warm for James Franklin. I don't like. I I don't I don't get where we get this sense of entitlement from. I understand we are a very good program, but we have you know aside from a few years in the seventies and eighties, we have never ever been a program that's on that level ever i and i'm i'm sorry to say it but it's fucking true okay and in the 70s and 80s when we were that type of program we were beating up on the syracuses and virginia techs and you know some of these schools that we look at right now and say yeah that's an automatic dub we were beating up on the likes of those teams we weren't playing ohio state and michigan every year so to come out and say oh yeah you know, James Franklin can't beat Ohio State or Michigan, which, again, is false because he's done both. Um, to come out and say that, you know, he can't do it. If he can't do it this year, then the seat is warm. Like, you know, I, I get the frustration. I get we all want to get over the hump. But let's put shit into perspective, man. Like, the as Ohio well, State especially, those are a couple of elite programs. We're trying to get there. Well, We're very, for, very close. Well, first first. First of all, to that to that point, the seats the seats not going to be warm for quite no. some time. No, God, um, no, because that's that's not how that's not how Penn State operates. Obviously, um, just just look at the past. Um, if you're questioning that, um, mm-hmm. so you know, and, and to Aaron's point about you know, I'm I, I'm very tired of talking about the past in terms of oh well, we used to, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's annoying. It's overplayed. Um, I don't think it's relevant because players, players weren't driving around. It's not even true. (laughs) Players weren't driving around in brand new Teslas either. Right. And, um, you know, the college football has changed so much, um, in terms of how you recruit, um, how the game is played, um, and and what and what these recruits look for, right? And we've talked about that ad nauseum before too, um, to get the best players here. Um, and then you throw in the transfer portal along with that, and it's just it's just such a different game. I don't think comparing what Penn State did in the '80s to what they're doing now is even. I don't think that's even close to being able to be compared. Um, because I think Penn State was good in the 80s, and I think Penn State is still good now. Um, I, I talked about this on the podcast the other week, and I, I'll do the short version this time. But just because you lose to 
um, two playoff teams last year, one of which was a field goal away from beating the national that went on to be the national champions. And the other of which was a play away from beating TCU. Doesn't mean you're a bad football team. Correct. Um, so stop looking at teams in terms of their record um, to judge how good they are. Um, so, so yes, while I agree that I, I would love to beat Ohio state and I think Franklin needs to beat Ohio state this year. Um, like TK said that, that, that doesn't mean that you're somehow just some crap football team because there's lots of teams out there that can't beat Ohio State and can't beat Michigan. Yeah, they can't. They can't even step on the same field as him. Exactly. Let, let, let alone keep the game close. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the big thing. You know, I know this is an obvious statement, but so, social media has just amplified each of these wins and losses every year. Yes. Especially now with you know how how many Twitter spaces we have and and whatnot, yeah. and you get talking to different fan bases, and then you know it's just kind of all you know bragging rights from previous seasons. But you know, back in people that were talking from the '80s, I mean, they would just talk about you know Penn State with the guy at the local coffee shop down the road, and it was just such a different world in general, and so. I think, you know, obviously social media has changed a lot about our lives, especially, uh, you know, over the last several years. But I think, you know, as well as when you're a fan of a specific football team is that you see a lot of either pros or cons or hate or negative uh, talk about your team. And then it kind of gets in, you start feeding into it a little bit more. And, you know, I think that's where you see a lot of stuff about James and whatnot. I mean, but back to Ohio State, I mean, I feel like the one thing that, you know, even tie this into Northwestern, you know, Drew has looked so different at home um, than he has on the road, obviously from a comfort standpoint, it feels like he obviously is is just better uh, prepared when he's at home and at at Beaver stadium and is able to go through his preparation there. I feel like that will change at Ohio state because it's, it's his home state. I feel like he's going to have more family and friends at the game. And I just, obviously it would, how much is on the line in that game. I think we're going to see a different Drew Aller uh, next Saturday as far as the slow starts and the, the the missed reps. And on top of that, I think the big part of that is getting Trey Wallace back. I think he's just a, such a big part of this offense. Like, I mean, yeah. ever since he's been out, like obviously Keandre's a bit, the big play guy, and it's great to see him finally get his opportunity as number one, um, and he's been really taking advantage of it. But you go yeah, back to like, watch well. that West Virginia game, man. Like Trey Wallace was like Drew's security blanket in some way. Um, yeah, what do you have? Like shorter. eight catches? Yeah, he had like eight catches for seventy yards, and you know, obviously he he kind of messed up his ankle or something, and uh, yeah. you know he's needed several. You know, that just that lingers and whatnot. But we've been able <laughs> to get away without having him. I think if he can play against UMass, and I know it's stupid, but if he can play against UMass and get back into like the game speed, and Drew can kind of build some more chemistry with him again I, I just think that helps our chances to start a little bit faster on the road i mean agreed not just him i mean mclean and and cephas have to be better they do absolutely yeah, yeah. i mean the drops and the miscommunications I'll, and the wrong routes just... I, I like wallace lambert smith is has been great for us this year clifford's been our most reliable third option tyler warren theo johnson is just completely missing in action yeah, I mean, I don't even know, like, like one of those one of those people are going to have to step up for this Ohio State game. We can talk about the UMass game, but I mean, we should beat the shit out of it. It's a dog shit football team. That's that's what it's like. 
but like for down the stretch, like they need to find a third option. Like yeah. they can third. Op- I mean, honestly, they need to find a second option. Um, yeah, you, I you mean, know, well, I hopefully I that's Wallace know. coming back. Right, 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 right. I, I mean, hopefully, right. But you know, I, I, I mean, if if Wallace can't play, or you know, God forbid, he, you know, he, like Morgan said, those those type of injuries linger. He tweaks it again, right? Um, you know, I. <laughs> The wide receiver group has been disappointing outside of Wallace, Clifford, and KLS, probably. Um, the two transfers, like, McLean went missing. Um, he had a big game there against uh, West Virginia or Delaware or something, and, like, that's been it. Um, Cephas has a drop problem. Um Cephas will be back next year for sure. You know, I, yeah. I, I haven't been impressed with Cephas at all. Uh, maybe he's still still just trying to, you know, find his way, which very well could be. Um, Theo Johnson is probably the most disappointing of them all um, after expecting kind of a big year from him. Um, but, but I don't, I mean, if we're being honest, like that whole group needs to, needs to step up and be better. Um yeah the entire group. I mean, Aaron mentioned it earlier, uh, the miscommunications that seems that seem to happen. Um, they were happening in the Northwestern game. Like it's week five. Those things shouldn't and can't happen. Yeah. And that's why I think um, Wallace needs to play this weekend. I don't want to see his first game back in five or six weeks, however long it'll be since the West Virginia game. I don't want to see his first reps back against Ohio State in the shoe. I want to see him on Saturday, get out there, throw him the ball, get him back into game speed. Like TK said, we, and you know, I hate to like just totally shit on UMass, but it is what it is. Like they're not a good football program. No. I want to see everything that we've been complaining about get ironed out this weekend. UMass has, and you know, we we can just go ahead and transition right into UMass. UMass has a terrible, terrible defense, which is ironic because their head coach is a defensive mind. But UMass has a horrible defense. Go out there, pound the rock, get Singleton and Singleton mostly and Catron, get them going, and get Wallace back into the flow of things, please. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if they overcoached it, which Franklin hinted at tonight in his press conference. I don't know what's happened, but there are opportunities in the run game for huge plays, and we are simply just not seeing them. Yeah, there are especially there are. Yeah, Katron has been what Katron is supposed to be. Right, four yards, fall forward, second and six. At the That's all you can ask for. He's been phenomenal. Singleton has visualized just, I don't know what's happened. I don't, I, I, it's almost like they told him, Hey, like don't bounce everything to the outside. And now in his head, it's like, I'm not going to the outside. Yeah. He totally yeah, overcorrected. Really weird. It's weird. He, Cause he put on some weight this summer too, TK. And yeah. like, I don't know if that's it. He feel like, I don't know if you guys have talked about this yet, but, he, it feels like he's a little slower, or maybe it's just the decision-making slower. Maybe it's not his actual speed. But to me, 
like watching Trey Potts, I only only got three carries against Northwestern, and maybe I'm overreacting the small sample size. But Trey Potts just, I mean, he looked like I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I got the ball, and I know exactly. Like, that's kind of I, I want to see him. Like, I know K-Tron's been practicing and whatnot, and if he plays against UMass, great. If he doesn't, it'll be fine. I'd love to see Trey Potts get some carries, some rep, just because we need to see someone, like TK said, the, the plays are there. Like, the run game, it, it's open. But we have not seen anyone take advantage of it, and maybe this is more on Singleton than Allen. But, like, I felt like Trey Potts in the whatever four or five touches he had against Northwestern, it's like, damn, this guy can move. Like, we got to yeah. get this guy the ball. And the- even if he's not a bell cow back, we need to have someone that can be a spark if we aren't getting anything going, you know? It helps, too, with him being, like, a, I think a fourth or fifth-year senior. Right. Um, but, yeah, I definitely want to see him get involved more, for sure. You know, the, singleton, the singleton thing, to me, looks like like they they tried to teach him patience. Um, I, I know we talked about it last year. Like, Singleton was the home run threat, right, and he hit quite a few. Um, and then Catron was more of your patience, uh, allow block to – allow blocks to set up type of guy and still get you four or five yards like TK said. And it seems like they tried to teach or coach Singleton to be more patient, especially on the inside running game. And he's just not, it's not working right. Instead of, it feels like he's not trusting himself is what he feels cautious. He feels unsure. um, And I don't know if he's trying to, you know, allow his blocks to set up, which he, he most likely is, right? But he was obviously way more effective when he just hit it. See it and hit it. Like, trust your gut. You're quick enough. You can outrun a lot of people. Um, and, and um, you know, it's it's not working out for him. Um, and, and if the coaches did teach patience, I get it, right? Like, you would obviously want him to allow blocks to set up and all those kinds of things. But they're not the same backs either. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny though, too, because, you know, we, we say all this about, you know, how he hasn't looked great this year and, and whatnot. I mean, he still had 120 all purpose yards and two touchdowns in the last game that we saw them play. So it's, yeah, I mean, that is, it's not that like is, he's been total dog shit this year. It's just, no, it's just it's not, not what you're used to seeing. Yeah. You know? It's, it's not what you would expect. You expect that is top one. Yeah. And I yeah. think that is one thing that's that's kind of changed with the offense a little bit is that we are seeing the running backs get, get more touches through the passing game. Um, so, so yeah, I, I would agree, you know, yeah, the running game might not be where we want it to be in terms of the big explosiveness, but um, our, our backs still are being used in a, in a fairly effective way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, I think part of it isn't overthinking. I think part of it is when you're a true freshman, you just you don't really you have like the ignorance of I don't know what I'm supposed to do on some level and so the only thing I know is just what I knew from my high school days I'm able just to bring that in and apply it immediately so I feel like when Singleton got on campus and obviously worked through the first couple games he exploded against Ohio he exploded against Auburn he like just kind of you know again it's natural to him just to get at the outside and burn people down the sidelines and I think he's just got to find a way to get back to his they, what style they, is best for him? They're gonna, they're gonna have to like. They've had success. Like they've, like it doesn't look like it. The stats don't really tell the story. They've had success sustaining drives and and running it when they have to, as Franklin likes to say. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, when like Ohio State and and you know, honestly, you could say Maryland too, honestly, and and Michigan, like 
you're going to have to run the ball with with a little bit more juice than that. Bro. You, you're not going to be able to just hand it off 24 times. Yeah, like, and average four a pop. Yeah, like averaging four yards a carry isn't bad. It just sounds bad because no, it's fine. No, our I mean our defense is great. Our defense is you know this is probably one of the best defensive units or displays I've seen as my fandom as a Penn State fan. But let's be honest, like over those next couple of games, although they're still going to be great, they're they're going to give up big plays. Something's going to happen, and the offense is going to have to respond. There's no room for. Oh, we're down 14-0 to Ohio State in the second quarter, and you know we can't complete a pass because the receivers aren't on board or running backs aren't able to hit the hole correctly, or whatever. Like we're gonna have to find a way. And I think you know this is kind of going back to what Aaron said originally. I want to see them come out of the bye week first off thing that Penn State struggled at a lot recently. Yeah. Um, and Franklin talked about after the Northwestern game how he and Manny and the other coaches studied. You know, I know they spent time with Belichick in, in New England this summer. And they've asked and studied data on how do we handle the bye week? What's the difference between allowing the guys to recover, but also making sure that they get better, you know, during the bye? I think the first thing you, you got to look for early in the, the UMass game is coming out with some urgency. And again, since they're coming off the bye week where they typically struggle, and then two, hammering them. Like, you know, everything we got, you know, forward momentum going into Ohio State, like, I, I want to you know, have a lot of positivity going into it. And it would suck if there's still these weird question marks that we all have uh, going into the biggest week of the season. Morgan, you kind of alluded to it. I think it would be wise to get Trey Potts a little bit more involved in the game plan if Nick and Katron continue to I, – I, I hate saying struggle, but struggle compared to what our expectations are as far as hitting, hitting the big plays. My- I think you want to get Trey Potts a little bit more involved. Let's keep in mind, man, he's responsible for three touchdowns on the road this year. I mean, he is a big reason why we've won as convincingly as we have on the road this year. So going to Columbus in a cup in on October 21st, it would probably be wise to have him ready to go as your yeah. most senior running back who has contributed quite a bit on the road. It's crazy because Potts is a guy that – I mean, he's a thousand yard back in the Big Ten, right? Like, it's not like he's some scrub, you know, walk on that's just getting his chance, like a Rudy moment. He's a proven guy and obviously just sits behind two other players that are a little more talented and obviously have, have a brighter, maybe a slightly brighter future at Penn State. But yeah, I still think he has to be involved or at least he, he can't just play mop up duty, you know? Yeah. I, I think my biggest thing is. Like the big plays thing, obviously that is that is a thing with me. But I, the way that we've had success is sustaining long drives and scoring in the red zone, scoring touchdowns in the red zone, uh-huh. which, in a way, kind of eliminates the need for big plays. If right. you control the ball, which they're number one in the country in ball possession, complimentary ball, and all of the above, that's great. But my question becomes, if there is a time which Morgan said maybe you're down, you know, down early, or maybe you're you're not controlling the ball, right? You go three and out. Like you have to be able to grab chunk plays when you have to do it. And we have not seen that. Like we saw that week one against West Virginia. They grabbed some chunk plays against West Virginia and Drew looked great. But on the road, I mean, you could probably count on two two or three fingers how many big plays they've had on the road. 
and they're not playing world beaters on the road right now. Like that's that yeah. is problematic. So when you like it, the, the, the hold the ball and possess the ball and su- sustain long drives thing is great. That's an awesome mindset. And people have damn well done it to Ohio state, Michigan and won that way and us that way. But the problem becomes if that doesn't work, then what do you do? Because like you can't, if we're down early, you can't just sustain long drives and milk the clock. Like that's not, that ain't going to do it. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting if, if the Ursage game plan is different um, going into Columbus. Um, and I think TK brings up a good point that could, that could possibly tie into this, you know, that West Virginia game. I mean, they called a obviously called a shot early in that game. Um, Drew makes a heck of a throw, right? I mean, we all remember that play. Um, you know, do, play of the year. do they, do they take a shot early? Um, even if they're not down, but to put it in that Ohio state's defense, who's really playing at a, at a pretty high level at the moment, um, put it in their brain, like, okay, like they can, they can take the top off of this thing. Um, and I think if you can do that early, then maybe you can open up your running game a little bit more, um, all that, all that kind of stuff. So it, it'll be interesting to see if your such's game plan is, is slightly different. Um, maybe after a couple of, you know, getting Drew's feet wet, easy little throws, um, and then, and then take a shot. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Oh, yeah. make no mistake. They have to. He a hundred percent is going to have to, whether it's a shot or just, you know, common, like throwing the ball down the field in general, like they're going to have to, or we won't be able to run the ball. Yeah. Like, like they're going to, they're going to put six or seven or eight in the box. Like they're going to do that. Like we're going to have to throw the ball down the field to make them back up. Like, or, or we're not going to be able to run the ball. Like that's, it's not going to be Penn struggled to run the ball against Ohio state. It's going to be Ohio state had so many people in the fucking box. Penn state could not block them all. I feel like it's strange because when if you watch that Joel Clapp breakdown of Drew's film against West Virginia, I felt like there's so many more, and maybe it's what having Trey Wallace and KLS on the field at the same time brings. So many like deep crossing patterns that are like you know twelve yards going across the field where Drew's rolling right and he's able to kind of dip back in and find somebody. I, we have not really seen a lot of those kinds of route concepts since uh, that game. And again, I, is it Yursich kind of? calling things softly on purpose is it you know not having harrison wallace on the field and that's part of it as well but yeah i i agree man we we have to take a shot um i think the other part of it you know i I, you know this is more ohio state related but i think the other part of it that i'm thinking of is just the defensive line should be able to control uh the line of scrimmage against ohio state hopefully and get to mccord early and if that's the case, I think Ohio State's going to go to what they what they typically do against Penn State, which is that bubble screen action. Um, and I think they like Penn State defended that really well last year. Where there's you know obviously a lot of clips with like Zaki Wheatley or K- uh, Kalen King making those open field tackles. But I, I think I'm interested in what you guys think about how our defensive line matches up with what you've seen from Ohio State's offensive line so far this year. I think I think they're going to be fine against them. Um, yeah, I mean, we haven't really seen, and, you know, me and TK and have talked about it a lot and, and with Alex as well, 
I mean, Chop, just Chop Robinson alone. How, how often has it, has he been, you know, just a split second away from a sack or even a strip sack this year? He's been he's had a fun, he's had a great year, but it's not showing in the stats that everybody looks at. The casuals look at, you know, the casuals will look at the tackles for loss and the sacks number and say, oh, well, Chop Robinson hasn't been great this year. No, he has. <laughs> they, we've just played teams that are getting the ball out of their hands quickly. And we've seen McCord hold on to the ball quite a bit. It's gotten him in trouble, hell, against Maryland. So, I mean, if, if that trend continues for their perspective, oh, man, I don't know. Advantage for <clears> – <throat> well, two things. First off, last thing on the offense, for for two weeks from now or a week from now, like Ohio State's been very open that they sh- their linebackers struggle – in coverage, they struggle pretty much on both facets of the game, run and pass. Now they're just not playing well. So Tyler Warren could have an absolute monster day in Columbus. Could it could could be a thing for him, or maybe Theo breaks out. Secondly, I think that the defensive line is an advantage for both teams against both offensive line units. Personally, yeah, like like I'm sorry, but like Ohio State clearly has a problem on the offensive line. Ryan Day came out and said oh, by the way, the backups aren't pushing the starters, so it's going to remain the same. So there's clearly no nothing that's going to change there on their end. And then on Penn State's end, we've had problems times not in the on the edges, but in the middle. And Ohio State's strong in the middle. Like, and, and, you know, obviously we don't know what Nelson's deal is, but, like, I think the ad- defensive line has an advantage for both teams against the offensive line. Now, yeah. one of the quarterbacks – has been the highest rated um, quarterback in the country under pressure in Drew Aller. And McCord is in the bottom half of the percentage in the country for when pressured. So it's very different, but I think that's a huge part of the game when that comes. Yeah. How do you deal with it? How do you escape? What can you show? And I I think Drew has just proven so far this year that he's a little bit better in those situations. And I mean, yeah, I mean, Tyler, you've said this a bunch tonight, and I, I totally agree with you, man. I, I, I'm i severely disappointed in Theo Johnson this season. I, I really – I don't know what was in my mind over the last couple of years, but I've been – I was kind of excited. This is probably a, a crappy comment to make, but I was a little always excited that Brenton Strange was going to graduate or go to the NFL because I wanted to yep. see what Theo would be as a number one option. Yep. And he has just been – I don't know if it's what happened this over the offseason with the – yeah, you know the, the frat stuff. If that was part of it, I mean, he's a team captain for Pete's sake. He's always in the middle of the huddle on the the jumbotron at, at Beaver, you know, hyping up the boys. But Whoa. this guy is just—I I don't know—I don't know if it's chemistry with Drew. Drew's had no it's... problem throwing the ball to Tyler Warren, but man, Theo Johnson, where have you been? I, well, I mean, I think even... it's chemistry uh, with Drew Aller. Um, yeah, I mean, hell, go back and rewatch the Northwestern game. Um, he was open in the end zone and drew Aller just overshot him a little bit. <laughs> he would have, he would have had a touchdown right there and hell. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it goes, I think, I think, it, I feel like it goes beyond chemistry um, because there's other facets of his game where he's just not, it's not good enough. Um, yeah, he hasn't been great. You know, you know, they've tried, They've tried a little wide receiver bubble screen uh, at least twice now where Theo Johnson has just completely missed the block. Um, Just beat, completely beat. I mean, barely touched the guy type of beat. Um, 
and 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 that to me is is kind of uh indicative of uh your head could be some and i'm not trying to put you know say what theo johnson is thinking or anything like that but you know is your is your head somewhere else is there something else going on um so yeah i mean he's he's definitely uh been a disappointment for sure yeah i mean he's it's tough because you look at it like i'm looking at it now and it you know it, it really it, when you look at it this way from a stats perspective, it, it's really not been that bad. Like Iowa was a big game, right? It's a ranked game. He was six for 42 yards. That's really not bad out of a tight end. Um, but Alex is right. Like when you, when you watch the games, watch all facets of it and, and the blocking. And I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what, what happened. And similar to what Morgan said, I was, you know, pretty critical of Brenton Strange at times uh, last year uh, and wanting to see Theo. Um, and I was really excited, but kind of been what's what's going on type deal. So maybe he has a big second half. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of need him to. <laughs> Dude, so. we do. We need him to step up because I think what got Brenton Strange drafted into the NFL and he went in the second round is the way he – his blocking, he completely yeah, he, switched. Yeah, he like, totally buys 21, into it. Twenty one, he couldn't block anything. Again, twenty twenty one, Brenton Strange was probably the biggest liability as a tight end as far as blocking goes. And last year, there's obviously there's multiple plays against Auburn. You go back and watch the film where he's like, he's the reason why Singleton was able yep. to find so yep. much space down the field. Yeah. Um. And Theo, here's the other thing I think we have, and this is a, a maybe a first world problem, maybe not. Um. There's going to be a, a a blockage or a whatever you want to call it in the tight end room moving mm-hmm. forward because you I think the assumption is that we're becoming this kind of tight end factory on some level where you know Gesicki and Fryermuth and now Brenton Strange is off to the NFL and I think everyone assumed Theo Johnson's going to go crazy this year and most likely if he had a great year declare for the NFL draft or go pro I don't think that happens again unless he has a crazy second half and. Maybe he just wants to test the waters. Who knows? But I, I think, think we're going to have a bit of a, a roadblock or a jam on our hands as far as, you know, players that are coming in, true freshmen that are on the roster right now. Uh, Luke Reynolds, who's in the 24 class, who seems like he's going to be a beast. Like, there's going to be an overload of tight ends, and something has to give if, if that's the staff telling that someone to kick rocks or if it's, you know – one of the players leaving, unfortunately. So this is again, kind of separate from the game talk we're talking about, but I just think because of the production or maybe the lack thereof, I think there's a potential ha- uh, problem on our hands later on down the road. I agree. I, th- I think, I think there's a chance that Theo either he leaves and Warren stays. Yeah, that definitely could happen. I, too, I wouldn't man. be, I, I wouldn't be hurt by that, but there's going to be a lot like Morgan said, like, like, oh, you, you got, um, like there's a there's a lot already in there. Like I like Dinkins too. Like there's yeah, yeah. Like Dinkins looks good. I enjoy watching lot. him play. Dinkins is already in the the fucking wing tee laying people out. So. Yeah, Dinkins is a beast. And he, and he flashes is be nice hands too in that Iowa game. Dinkins has yeah. some nice hands, man. Yeah, we. I mean, if we're being yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly, Go. Morgan. If 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 Theo doesn't, you know, step up. Right, uh, you, you got to get Dinkins on the field more. Yeah. This is something we could probably go on and on and on about, but we do have a game to kind of, you know, 
we don't really need to talk about it. But I want to get predictions on the game this weekend from all of us. Um, and then <laughs> there's a pretty decent slate of football this weekend, too. So I, I want to get, um, you know, what games are you guys going to be watching? And, you know, obviously we're going we're gonna to pick a few games here. First of all, let's start off with the UMass game. The fighting Don Browns, terrible defense, not a great <laughs> offense. There's a lot of guys on the team that uh, we're familiar with, especially the quarterback. We recruited him out of high school and from Clemson. What do you think is going to be the score of the game this weekend? And give me a – I shouldn't say a key to victory because we're definitely going to win. Uh, but give me what you're – what you want to get out of this weekend? What do you want to see improve? Keep in mind, it's going to be pissing rain. Huh, of course. Jeez. Of course. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Before we do this, <laughs> public service announcement. All right. Hang on. Hang on a fucking second here. I went to the fucking whiteout, right? Obviously, I season tickets. So I love Penn State. Great. I went to the whiteout. It's fucking raining. <laughs> Listen. Family clothesline. Every, every lion's den, lion's pride, whatever, bookstore, whatever. Do you know how fucking unacceptable it is to run out of fucking ponchos <laughs> in the rainiest part of PA? Are you fucking dense? Yeah, like, that's pretty insane. Pissing rain <laughs> for the whiteout, and I walk in. I walk into family clothesline. I'm like, oh well. First off, the lines out the fucking door like it is because there's only two fucking cash registers. And then I walk over to this bin, fat ass sign that says ponchos. I'm like, oh, here we go. We're at, we've made it. The final destination. We're we are in business. Here. I go over to the bin. They're fucking blue. <laughs> Why oh are you God. selling blue ponchos at the whiteout? <laughs> like, what are you doing? They had a bad day. So please, for Christ's sake. And you guys. <laughs> Please have 107,000 ponchos on <laughs> somewhere. That was the most unbelievable experience I had going through my head while I was eating my Cane's fucking chicken. That was unreal. <laughs> and they're so funny. smiling like fucking closer. So I'm like, are you dense? Like, this is unreal. So please, for the love of Christ, like, tag family clothesline or Lions Pride or the bookstore, whoever, like, you guys got to be better. Like, we talk about being we are better and stuff like that. You need to get that shit figured out. Like, that, <laughs> that's a, that is downright fucking unacceptable. And I, someone needs to talk about that. That's horrible. <laughs> that's incredible. Sorry, right, man. All right. Give me, give me your score for the weekend. Morgan, go ahead. Go first. Oh, man. I, uh, I, I just feel bad for all of the lack there of uh, ponchos and hopefully they can find the, you know, <laughs> five cents a piece to create more of those. So how much does it really cost to make a poncho? Yeah, I'm sure you probably hit it right on the head with five cents. It's probably five cents to make it and they probably sell it for three bucks, which is wild. So anyway, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they have a, more supply of that for, for TK and, and the boys this weekend. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Rain, shine, uh, Lions by 90. I think it's going to be a, a, a bad game. Uh, for me personally, what I want to see is, again, response by out of the bye week. I'm, I'm kind of sick of that notion of, you know, Franklin and, and the guys can't get ready after a bye week or they don't know how to handle it or they take the week off. Like, I want to see them come out in the first quarter and be up, you know, 17-0 or whatever it is. Um, I'm going to say final score 
for the sake of how many points they've scored against some other bad teams, I'll go 45 to six. I, I don't think UMass scores a touchdown. I think it's two field goals. I, I do think they hammer them. Um, and that's my prediction for this week. I have not looked at the spread for the game in quite a while, but I know it was 42. It was yeah, it dropped 40s. to 41 and a half. So if, that, that's, I have a problem if that's the case, that's going to be the first time this year we don't cover. Oh, no, James is covering, baby. James is covering, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's got some. I think Bo has a, a maybe an insight on the line or something, man, because that kid every time Do another fake there, Neil. Find, finds a finds a way to score with four Freaking, seconds left against West Virginia. Speaking, and then the, speaking of covering, did you see that post by? Uh, I think Kevin Horn put it out. If you would have, if you would have put like a hundred dollars on Penn State to cover the spread back yeah. in like 2016 <laughs> or whatever, and continued to roll that over until like the game against Northwestern, you would have made four hundred nine thousand dollars. I, I I think that was just dating back to. The Ohio State game last year. Well, Am I wrong? Whenever it's it was a lot of money. Yeah, pretty good investment. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but no, I mean, Might be so, I, I don't know. My score prediction would probably be similar to Morgan. Um, I I'm gonna say Penn State's defense is gonna pitch a shutout though. Um, so let's go 40, <laughs> 47 to nothing because it is gonna be pissing rain. Forty. So uh, so uh. Yeah, I mean, what, that defense is going to have like four or five turnovers easy. Um, easy, he says. It's, it's UMass, bro. Like, fucking butter on. me up, dude. Four um, turnovers. Jesus. <laughs> four turnovers in pissing rain in State College for UMass is not that big of a deal. Easy, he um, says. So, yeah, so, um, you know, just, just iron it out. Um, I, people are going to be really disappointed when we don't throw the ball 60 yards down the field in the pissing rain, but they'll get over it. Alex is fucking way bought in on that Manny Manny Diaz system. Holy shit. Well, why wouldn't I be? It's it's you, Mass. <laughs> All right, settle down, brother. <laughs> TK, what you got for me, bro? Yeah, it's real simple. I'm going 52 to 7. You gave Jesus when I said 47. 52 to 7 with the ponchos. Nick Singleton <laughs> with 100 the yards, two tutties. And we have a great Saturday. I will not be at the game. My jeans will not be soaking fucking wet. <laughs> I will be in the comfort of a fucking chair at a wedding. So that's where I'll be. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bro, you got a James lot Franklin cold, loves that for you. But, yeah, if we if, if it's anything other than 52 to 7, I won't be seen. <laughs> 50 plus yard play to go on top of that. I need everything. Give me everything. I, um, I think it's going to be about 48 to 3. That's what I'm going with. Cover the spread. Hammer it. Do whatever the fuck you need to do. Follow Kevin Horn's advice. Start making your damn money. Bro, they're getting seven. Y'all, y'all gotta, y'all gotta, they're getting seven. Oh, oh man. Bro, they run 11-man personnel all the way down the field. They're getting seven. If Iowa couldn't get seven, I know how bad Iowa is. I just, I feel like it's really hard to believe that UMass is suddenly, unless it's late in the game. Or someone has a weird turnover on offense. Bro. I don't think UMass moves the ball, Ex- man. TK, exactly. They're not getting seven because they run eleven man personnel. You really think they're gonna spread the field out and just drive down the field on us? I don't they fucking might. think so. If if, they, they might. if all I, it takes is one drive. What did the little giants say? One time. <laughs> That's all, it, all that matters. 
I'm fighting ponchos this weekend. I don't uh, give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if we win twenty four seven. Just get me to next week, to be honest. Yeah, I know. No, week. I don't want to see twenty four seven because then then it's gonna be next week's show is gonna be an hour of bitching. Well, Get me the next week, but get us the next week healthy. I think that's my big thing too. Is like, yeah. if we're up, get everyone out, get Drew out, get every. Get, I mean, I want to see chemistry as much as everyone else too. But let's get everyone out. Let's not get any stupid injury in the rain against UMass. Like, let's get everyone out healthy. Let the twos and threes play if they can. And please, please. If anybody, uh, if anybody is going to the game, uh, PSA. Um, I will be perched next to the beer cooler in the north end zone uh, <laughs> under the overhang because I refuse to get wet. So that's where I will be. Bro, please, <laughs> Christ, let Nick Singleton run for 100 beans, please. Yeah, I'm, I need it. Beans, I'm begging. Like, that's all I want. Like, please, just give me a 75-yard run. Give me something to, give me something to write home about, please. When I'm guzzling <laughs> down my 12th Nick Bob Ultra, or maybe a little hot water at the wedding. Please give me something, something to be excited about. Please. I can just see Alex like sitting under the uh, underhang, trying to light a cigarette, but it's raining. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh no, bro. We can, we can, we can, bro. We can light that shit in a hurricane. Don't you worry. Yeah, bro. You don't gotta worry about him. With Do that. you smoke? That's what? Do you smoke in the stadium? Well, I mean, not right where Morgan's talking about, but, but yeah. <laughs> Wait, what do you do? I have. Well, yeah. Bro, you're going to send that bitch down. We can't be smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it's made of concrete and steel. What am I going to set on fire? I don't know, bro. That seems Nothing. like a situation. It's just, uh, it's just right back behind your section there, TK, on, on the ramp. No, you never yeah. want to watch it. You hate my guts. So. <laughs> Alex is a professional. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, don't, don't worry. Right. Don't doubt the kid. All right, boys, we got a pretty nice uh, week seven slate there. Um, TK, I know you're going to be at a wedding, so you're probably not going to be able to watch uh, really yeah, yeah. many of these. But, um, you know, what games would you keep an eye on? You know, Morgan, Alex, what games are you guys going to be keeping an eye on or watching? I'm going to uh, be away as well. So um, I, I look forward to watching West Virginia beat Houston to keep our – Strength of schedule pushing pushing forward. Um, That'd be nice. Obviously excited for um, Oregon Washington. Excited for Michigan State versus Rutgers because I think Rutgers is going to pound them. Um, Texas A and M Tennessee is interesting to me as well. Yeah, um, that is a that is a pretty pretty interesting matchup. And then be a little uh, USC Notre Dame Miami NC maybe something like that. USC Notre Dame is a is an interesting game. Um, yeah. Obviously, Notre Dame coming off their second loss to Louisville there last week, um, and USC just not looking, not really looking like a top ten team at the moment. Um, yeah, they, they would didn't do. have Caleb. They didn't have Caleb Williams. I mean, I, I think they'd probably have a couple losses already if we're being completely honest. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Washington Oregon's the big one for me. Uh, that's their, that's both teams kind of first true test. Yeah. Um, we've heard nothing, you know, but everybody's stroking the Huskies off for their, for their offense, which, which rightfully so they look good, but, um, we'll find out be a different animal when the ducks come to town. I think. Yeah. Talking about joking is kind of crazy. We'll keep it pushing. Morgan. 
Yeah, I mean, what I, games I, you Oregon, watching? Oregon, Washington's obviously the the big ones because they're I think the closest as far as rankings go, and that they're going to have an impact. Or who knows, maybe if Penn State does the thing, maybe this is a team you see in the college football playoff. One of those two, um, I, I think one of them end up winning the the Pac-12 at the end of the year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Oregon can if they can slow them down and. The over-unders at like 67, so it's uh, predicted to be a shootout. So it'll be, I think it'll just be a fun game to watch. I, I think uh, UCLA-Oregon State is another one that I think is kind of interesting. Just, you know, a different matchup to see how legitimate both those teams are. Um, and, yeah, I'll, I'll throw a different one out there because, uh, you know, TK and Alex kind of covered the other games. But I'm kind of excited for Louisville and Pitt. Uh, Christian Veyer makes his first career start yeah. at Pitt. So, of course, they probably need a, a PSU guy to take care of business for him. So, uh, <laughs> just want to see how Christian does. Because, again, you know, I know he never really got a true chance at Penn State. He had he did play against UNC this year, but, you know, it's kind of a crappy situation. Um, just want to see how he does against a, a good team and if he can – not even if they don't win, but, you know, if he can just kind of do well and see him improve. Because I think he's still a good quarterback even though he's not Penn State anymore. Well, I mean, I just hope he he got the offense down. Narduzzi's telling us how sophisticated it is. Well, yeah. true. You know, you, hopefully, hopefully he has that playbook handled. People but, are trying to hype up the Ohio State-Purdue game this weekend. Do you guys buy into that being a game at all, or is that going to be a bloodbath? Yeah. Uh, that could be 69-0, to be honest with you. <laughs> Purdue's, <laughs> Purdue's pretty bad. Yeah, they are. I mean, the only spot. reason it would the only reason it would be a game is 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 because Ohio State's looking past that, um, right? Which right. which I don't think they will because I don't think this team is, is kind of. <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound weird, and I probably shouldn't even say it, but I don't think this team should be looking past anybody at the moment. Um, you know, they got some stuff to figure out too before next weekend. So, yeah, um, I think Ryan Day will have that that team locked in. I. I agree with Morgan. That could be a, that could be ugly. All right. Go ahead. I personally, obviously, I, I like CV. I love that he went to Penn State. Fortunately, he's been a poverty now. Um, but he's definitely about to get his fucking ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Um, I so I picked out four games for this weekend that I want us to pick. TK, you kind of already hit on the one. Uh, for starters, I got Michigan State at Rutgers. Just kind of change it up a little bit, man. I feel like we've been picking some of the same, like, four or five schools this year. So, uh, you know, Michigan State, Rutgers. Uh, we already know TK's going with Rutgers. Um, In a blowout. Yeah. What do you guys got? Yeah, it's – I mean, for me, it's hard to say that Michigan State's going to be able to – do much. I, I know Rutgers' offense is pretty bad, but their defense is, I think, their uh, defense is take legit. over. Yeah, they're legit. You know, I think against Wisconsin last week, they were driving down the field. They were down uh, whatever it was, uh, 10-0 to Wisconsin, and they threw a pick six at, like, the two-yard line. So, that would have been a completely different momentum shift. Maybe not saying they would have won the game, but, you know, just kept them in it. So, I think, I think they'll get it done. Uh, super low scoring, though. I think it's, you know, 13-0 or 13-6 or something weird, but I think Rutgers wins. Alex? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Michigan State's, like, really bad, um, which kind of which kind of sucks. I mean, they were always kind of a kind of that fourth 
team or third team in the East, right? You know, they could pull out a surprise win, you know, against Michigan, and it just feels like they've fallen off a cliff. Um, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Morgan. I think Rutgers wins that game. Unfortunately, we've we've done this a few times where we've all been on the same team, and um, you know that team has lost a couple times. But yeah, I'm going with Rutgers as well. I just don't think Michigan State has the juice. I don't think they really have anything to fight for at this point this year. So I'm going to go with uh, Rutgers. Um, we we could talk about these games all day, but we got to make them quick. We're we're getting long here. My phone's about to fucking die. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oregon, Washington. Brother, my brother in Christ, six in a row. <laughs> Looking for fucking seven. Uh-oh. The lock Uh-oh. of the week. Lock Here of the week. The fucking Oregon Ducks over the Huskies. <laughs> TK's on a heater, but I'm going to have to disagree. I'm going to go Washington. Mm. I'm uh, I'm also going to go Washington. I, I, I don't know. I don't trust <laughs> I don't. I think I don't trust uh, Bo Nix. He's a big no. check down guy. So I, I'm gonna go Oregon. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, please man. pick Washington. Please, please let me walk alone. Please. Nah, bro. I'm 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 with Oregon on this one, man. I I I believe in Oregon more than I believe in Washington. Call you can call me a Michael Penix hater all you want, but. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, bro. I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to pick Oregon here. Out of both teams, uh, you know, I've watched both teams this year. I can say Washington, from what I've seen, I think has more flaws than Oregon. So I'm going to go with Oregon. Um, <clears throat> That's a, quite the coaching matchup, too. We don't have to get into that, but two yeah. really good head coaches. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, Texas A&M, Tennessee. Ooh. Games at Tennessee, right? Yep. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take Tennessee. I just don't think uh, A&M's coming off of that emotional loss to Alabama. Have to go to a road environment. You know, I don't know. Joe Milton has not lived up to the hype this year, but I'm just gonna take Tennessee since since they're at home. Boy, I don't know. That's a rough one. I feel like I'm just following Morgan's lead. I feel like Tennessee's probably. Is Tennessee favored in that? I uh, don't know. I think yeah, so. they're minus three. They just got the home points, so they're Tennessee yeah, minus three. Yeah, that's just a pick them. Um, I, I'll go. Di- I'll go different on this one because I feel like I'm just following what Morgan says. Um, <laughs> give me, give me a And M. Maybe Jimbo gets a gets a rebound win with his team. Uh, fully expect Jimbo to, you know, prove me wrong there, but TK. Yeah, I'm going Tennessee because I think Texas A&M is a dog shit football program. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Tennessee as well. Uh, last but not least, Miami, North Carolina. Oh, bro, hang on, bro. Did, did you plug your phone in? Uh, <laughs> I, I got something to say. Go get your fucking charger, bro. Go ahead. Because we, we got to Go talk about this, man. <laughs> Listen to me right now, man. There's been a lot of chatter about whether this man was down or not. And he very well might have been. But that is single-handedly one of the most embarrassing coaching blunders I have ever seen in my life. That goes along. That's like right up there with the Philly Miracle where the Giants fumble. Like, that is the most embarrassing loss I have seen 
in recent years. And and not only did you choose to run the ball instead of kneeing the ball, you trotted your defense out there with about 20, what, 40 seconds left. They had to go 70 yards to win that game. And somehow with eight seconds left, this man got behind your defensive back and slid into the end zone like he just won the fucking World Series. <laughs> that was the most embarrassing display of football I have seen in years. Well, the that- amazing part is, is he did it before at Oregon. Yeah, I, yeah. I did not know that. that like, how do you not learn your lesson? Ago. That is That's a bad. horrible offense. If, if I was a Miami fan, and we talk to Miami fans all the time in the app, that God bless them, that some of them are great people. Some, <laughs> some great people. Gmo, Don, Tyler, great people. But listen, man, if I was a fan and they did that, I would take take all of my equipment that I've purchased through the years of my young life. <laughs> I would set my fucking grass on fire <laughs> and I would throw every single fucking piece of clothing I have into that fire until it's all gone. TK, <laughs> oh, we, we started the podcast saying how it's just a game. <laughs> now you're setting your, your grass on fire. One of the guys, uh, Nolak, which he's hilarious. He's a Miami fan. I think he told us in one of the group chats, he was at the game. Yeah. And left the stadium when they were on offense, Miami, after they got Oh, there. no. And he heard a eruption in the stands after he had left. And he was like, what happened? And then he obviously looks at his phone and Miami had lost the football game. I'd yeah, that's a brutal way to find would, out you lost a football game. That's oh. so sick. So I've been like, happy. I Get out of here. Know any Miami fans, if you care for them, send them a care package this week, man. Send them a care package. Maybe get them a nice shirt. You know, something something simple for, for the folks, you know. Obviously, North Carolina is going to win this week, unfortunately, so it's going to get worse. Um, but it's okay. They'll rebound. They should have fired his ass, but they'll rebound, and they are certainly staring four to five losses in the face now if things don't turn around. Yeah, that's crazy. This game would have been so much more fun to predict if, uh, obviously, Miami didn't do what they did last weekend. Yeah, that was horrible, man. Just take the fucking knee. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't understand it. I I think it's weird that people are like, oh, Crystal Balls is such a good recruiter. You can't fire him. I, I mean, that's BS, especially if it's Against one thing, if you're first-year head coach, you've never been a head coach before, you've always been a coordinator or whatever, and you're a good recruiter, and it's just a boneheaded mistake, whatever. It's just a track record that's there. I, I would be so, I'd be so pissed. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go UNC. I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like the program. You saw guys on the after the game saying, "What the f are we doing?" You know, in the camera. Like, I just feel like that is a demoralizing loss, and it's not going to be a, oh, we're playing primetime this Saturday, so let's go, boys. I think there's going to be some, you know, tear in the program where they're going to not really want to play for this guy, maybe some of those players. So I think we're going to see some of that Saturday night. Yeah, I agree with with Morgan uh, completely there. I think think Cristobal has has probably lost quite a bit of trust. Um, You know, how – I could probably count on one hand how often I've seen players shaking their head in the sideline um, saying, what the F are we doing? Um, And that one hand is a a finger of one, one time I've seen that. Um, So yeah, he, he could have very easily lost this locker room after a, after a loss like that. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on North Carolina. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you as well. I mean, rarely do you see that happen and the team just bounces back and goes on the road the next week and pulls out the win. Um, and you know, especially North Carolina, they're coming into the That's game with team. some momentum. Uh, they just right. beat the shit out of Syracuse, which that was a terrible pick of mine last week. Um, it's all right. We've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, LSU's Walker, let me down about three times back. now. I, I don't know how you can pick Miami in this one. And, you know, it, it does suck to say, cause like TK said, I mean, there, there are plenty of uh, great Miami fans that we interact with daily on, on the, uh, bird app, but <laughs> I, I just, I just don't see it, man. I'm sorry to say. I think, I think college football is, is always kind of more fun when some of the horse historic programs are doing well. I just think it's just kind of more fun for conversation sake. And again, how much interaction we have with different fan bases or whatever. Um, so it's, it's been cool to kind of see Miami have a good start and see Florida state playing well and things like that. But man, like, I mean, a program that has desperately needed uh, change and needed to, you know, obviously avoid any boneheaded mistakes and just straight up, if they were going to lose, they just lose the game. I, I mean, it's just, I feel sick for any fans for of Miami. It's got to be such a tough pill to swallow this week, man. Yeah. Brutal. Is, is there anything else that you guys want to hit on? Anything yeah, that we Morgan, missed? You're in, Morgan, you're a betting man. Like, what's your lock of the week? My lock of the week? Uh, well, I, <laughs> I'm sitting on my couch watching <laughs> freaking UTEP and FIU. I don't even know why I did this. I'm just saying I was bored tonight. I just bet on FIU and they're getting smacked down. So that was that was not Jeez. the lock of the week. I, I'm actually gonna go to bed angry tonight because I put money on FIU. But um, if I get if I had to give you a lock of the week, I love South Carolina over Florida, and I uh, hopefully Dylan doesn't hate me. But I think uh, Cocktober is a thing, boys. Oh and, Jesus! Uh, I think I think Shane Beamer is gonna have them them boys playing tough and. I think South Carolina is going to hammer Florida this weekend, so that's my that's my lock of the week. It's Red October. It's not Cocktober. That's not going to go over well. It sounds no. sus. Hey, I'm just saying, man. It's a uh, it's a thing. <laughs> it's uh, Florida, uh, South Carolina. Sorry, f- finds a way to just play a lot better in, in October for whatever reason historically, and I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like Florida's had a very tough way of, of going about it. Um, the teams that they've played well. Um, you know, exclude Tennessee from this conversation, but the teams that they've played well against, um, you know, like Vandy and Charlotte and some of these other teams, it's just a little bit weird. And then they haven't really played up to the competition. I feel like not the South Carolina is good by any means, but they played Georgia tough and they're at right. home. And I just think they're going to have a little bit more juice um, because they're getting to the, if they want to make a bowl game, South Carolina has got to go. And I think they know that. And I'm just going to go with the game Cox this weekend. Um. Anything, anything else you guys want to hit on at all? Please, bro. Please, I'm begging for my soul, bro. Please have the ponchos ready. <laughs> You're not I'll even be going. Sick for the fans if they can't have ponchos. I don't... I, that's crazy. I, I mean, in all seriousness, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, that's why. Like from a preparation standpoint, of all the other shit we have at these stores that no one ever buys, how do you not have? boxes and boxes of ponchos for every one of those stores downtown or at the stadium. That's wild. Motherfucker uh, never run out of 409 pins, but we can't get a fucking poncho. That's for sure. Yeah. Anything 409 related you'll see. They sure uh, shape any ponchos you want. They sure shit make enough shakers too. 
Yeah. Dude, there were people putting on white trash bags. Like, oh my god! Hey, got to do what you got to do. James Franklin would love that. That's commitment. Oh my god! Yeah, James. James needs to tighten up a little bit. James, yeah, he just needs to go full villain mode, bro. Like he's bag. he's been getting a lot of hate for whatever the fuck he's been saying lately. And well, just... I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, he's he's also going to get some hate from me if he loses to Ohio State. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. All right, Bill. All right, fellas. Well, Morgan, we really appreciate you coming on to this episode this week, man. Um, it's been great yeah. talking with you. Let the people listening know where they can find your show. You know, let let them know what you got going on. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I, again, I I uh, you, know, you guys are I consider you all my friends, obviously, and I'm very thankful to to know you and appreciate you having me on. And you know, I love all the passion that you guys have for Penn State and love the show. And so I appreciate you guys having me on. And and so Absolutely. yeah, I have my own thing going on. I have my own show at Basic Blues Pod on Twitter, and um, also doing some writing stuff right now. So obviously, um. Uh, check that content out on, on my page. But again, all these guys are obviously worth a follow on social media. And again, just appreciate talking ball with the boys. So uh, thanks for having me on guys. Absolutely. And if you can't tell Morgan knows what the hell he's talking about. So definitely check out his show. It's really good shit. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Once again, really appreciate all of you guys being able to join, join with me and, you know, talk some Penn state football. Look forward to this weekend. Get ourselves right. We finally got a week after the bye to just kind of relax. So let's enjoy it this weekend. Get ourselves tuned up for the Ohio for the big showdown out there in Columbus on the twenty first. Once again, I got to give a shout out to my guy Morgan. Really appreciate him joining the podcast. Be sure to follow him on Twitter. Uh, be sure to, you know, like and subscribe to all of his things, everything that he's doing. He's got a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, really appreciate everybody tuning in. Enjoy the weekend. It's going to be a wet one. We are. <laughs>